let's see, what do we have here? Oh, this sounds familiar. Oh, yes. Why, that can mean only one thing, and that is Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. Hey, so how are you uh, celebrating Dr. Seuss's birthday? Oh, it is his birthday today? Yeah, it actually oh. No, actually, I'm more worried uh, about the weather here today. Oh. It is, uh, it's a sparkly, sunny day, but it's 25 degrees with a 30-mile-an-hour wind with gusts up to 55. Whoa. So it feels like rough. 10. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I went out to get my notes in the car for the ride of the week today, and the wind was just blowing through my pants. Huh. I'll have to put on my lawn underwear when I go out later. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, crank up the heat in the car. Turn up your heated seats there, I guess. That's right. And let's get into the ride of the week Ah, because we do have heated seats. Mm -hmm. We got heated seats, heated steering wheel. And the ride of the week is the Toyota Avalon four-door limited edition with all-wheel drive. So that's uh, it's a good winter car with all-wheel drive. It comes in Toyota's dark blue blueprint color, and it's uh, built in Georgetown, Kentucky. It's it's a mid-sized car. What's good about it also is it's five stars, safety rated, and mileage-wise, uh, being a mid-sized car, the EPA numbers are. 25 miles per gallon city, 34 miles per gallon highway for combined 28 miles per gallon. And uh, the car comes with a 2.5 liter, 205 horsepower, four-cylinder engine hooked up to an eight-speed electronically controlled automatic transmission. And that combination gives you the the good mileage. And on the highway, I was getting just around what... uh, the highway mileage was in the low 30s miles per gallon. Although with a 205-horsepower engine, it's kind of a little weak for that uh, size car. But the uh, the car itself, the base price is 42175 But for that price, you think it's kind of high for a list price for Toyota, but you get all of the Toyota safety systems. You have a boatload of systems, pre-collision warning, pedestrian detection, dynamic radar cruise control, blind spot monitor, and rear cross-traffic alert. And because it's uh, a luxury vehicle for a, a Toyota in the limited edition, inside you have a 14-speaker JBL audio system. And then the driver and the passenger seat, which you don't usually get. You you usually get the driver's seat with features, but here with the passenger seat, you also get eight-way adjustments and a four-way lumbar support. Hmm. And the driver has a 10-inch head-up display. So you get uh, quite a bit of luxury there. The only... uh, problem we found it that when you start the car you hear the engine noise maybe they don't have as much insulation to keep the car lighter and then on the highway you get some road and uh, tire noise but with uh, delivery and uh, all the added features the 
list price of this version of the car comes out to be $45,479. So that's this week's Ride of the Week. All right. Very nice. Very nice. The Ride of the Week. Yes. Do you have anything from uh, IC Cars by any chance? I do. Wow. Right. (laughs) And we don't even rehearse this show. No. (laughs) We're just winging it. Obviously, we don't rehearse (laughs) the show. But the the latest study from uh, the folks at iccars.com, they they slice and dice and rehash uh, lots of automotive sales data. And for the month of January 2021, they've come up with the fastest and the slowest selling vehicles. Now, we won't go into the slowest selling vehicles, but the fastest new car selling on the lot, the, the average for all new cars is that uh, there may be 46 days on the lot. But the fastest selling new car, as you might expect, is the Chevrolet Corvette with only 10 days on the lot. Hmm. And then uh, the list, uh, the top, uh, cars on the list are also somewhat luxury uh, luxury type vehicles. Uh, Lexus IS350, that's another uh, luxury performance sedan. And uh, I want to get one of those for the ride of the week. And then we have the, the Genesis GV80, which is uh, Genesis's very nice uh, luxury brand. And then you come up with another Lexus, the RX450, and then the Kia Telluride, et cetera, et cetera. And also the Toyota Sienna. Uh, Toyota's van is uh, on the list at number eight with only 19 days on the lot, followed by the Toyota Tacoma midsize truck, midsize pickup at 19 days on the lot. And the used list of uh, used vehicles that sell quickly more or less uh, parallel the the new car list with the Chevrolet Corvette uh, used Corvettes at number three on the list. The Hyundai, the Hyundai, excuse me, Palisade is the uh, quickest selling vehicle on the list with uh, 26 days on the lot. And uh, so that's the latest from iccars.com. You can go there and look at that uh, that study, and they'll also talk about the slowest-selling cars of the month. And uh, some of those aren't even made anymore, but they're still on the lot, but nobody's buying them. <laughs> so. you're, really, you're really not going to tell us? Okay. For some reason, I haven't. Well, no, they're not made anymore. So, oh, okay. You know, but if you're, if you're looking, you know, you're looking for a good deal, you can look for the Ford yeah. Fusion. They don't make it anymore. Ah, I see. And there's still some on the lot. So yeah. okay. The average... Uh, you know, like I said, the average new car stays on the lot for 46 days. Now, right. these fusions are up in 150, 170 days on the lot, if mm-hmm. you can find one. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about the Yugo? Are there any Yugos? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no. Okay. Well, Maybe uh, our listeners don't even know what a Yugo <laughs> is, um, uh, but our listeners are old enough to know what... Uh, the cultural references that you make. Indeed, indeed. Yes, okay. we have to say hi to our listeners. Uh, we have listeners in Chicago and New Hampshire, believe it or not. All right, nice. Yeah, and they're not related to us either. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that leads into the Musk Minute. 
okay. And, uh, you know, all things Elon and SpaceX and so on. But uh, remember when they launched a Tesla Roadster on the Falcon Heavy and it went into a solar orbit? Absolutely. And it had the dummy inside, Rocket yep. Man? Yep. In a spacesuit. Well, that just completed the second solar orbit. No kidding. Yep. Yep. And then uh, SpaceX-wise, we're also waiting maybe as soon as tomorrow. The next Starship will attempt the 40,000-foot flight and belly flop down to finally stick the landing without crashing. And they... Uh, they announced that uh, they're going to try to light all three engines to aid in the landing maneuver. Hmm. And uh, I think what they'll do is probably light three, and if they're all working, they'll just cut back one and use the other two to to, to have sufficient thr- thrust to nail the landing smoothly without crashing again. Right. Yes, hopefully right. it works. Right, and that could be tomorrow. Oh, okay. Something yep. to look forward so, to. Stay tuned on the internet, but yeah. the uh, but it, it uh, somewhat similar to Rocket Man. We have Rocket Lab, Rocket Lab, uh-huh. which is a launching company that's developing smaller recoverable vehicles. Now they've got a vehicle which has had many successful launches that they recover with a helicopter. It's a small vehicle. It's launching small satellites, and they. And it comes down on a parachute, and they'll recover it with a helicopter with a sling underneath and snag it that way. But they've also announced that they're coming out with designing what they call the Newton rocket, or the Neutron rocket, not Newton. Newton's in Massachusetts. (laughs) But the the Neutron rocket, it's a medium-sized launch vehicle, and it'll be recoverable on a barge at sea when they launch it from uh, Wallops Island, the NASA facility at Wallops Island. Oh, good old Wallops Island. You good old Wallops there. Island. Right. I spent uh, I spent two years there one summer. Yeah, we went yes, there. That, we visited you. I know. That's right. We you went through the, the brand new Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. <laughs> 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 Uncle Louie right. and the mosquitoes. How could you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're digressing again. Indeed. <laughs> yes, I I remember Wallace Island. It's so isolated that when I was there for that summer in the '56 Chevy, I never could go anywhere. There was no place to go, so I only <laughs> ended up filling up the tank in the car once over the whole summer. Hmm. And I I just use it to drive from where we were staying at the the bachelor officers' quarters in the old Navy base to the the hangar where we were working. Mm-hmm. And that was that. But uh, speaking of Rocket Lab, they're going to launch <laughs> this thing from <laughs> Wallops Island. And it can put, uh, it's 131 feet tall, about 15 feet wide. And it can put 17,600 pounds into low Earth orbit. Hmm. And it could send uh, 3,300 pounds to Mars. And the the company president says the idea is that to come up with a not a small vehicle, but not a really large vehicle that SpaceX might be using. But if you want to put a lot of satellites into orbit, you don't necessarily put them in all on one mission because then you only put them up into one orbital plane. But if you want to 
spread them around, it's more efficient to launch a rocket that's smaller into several different orbital directions. Hmm. And so that yeah. that's going to have its first launch in 2024. Oh, okay. Interesting concept. Mm. All right. What else do you have for us today? Okay. This comes from Texas A&M University. Although I don't have their theme song that we could play there. But uh, you're familiar with 3D printing where you build up an object or a part from layers of plastic or polymer material. And one of the, uh, the disadvantages of that is there might be some discontinuities and imperfections in building up these small layers in between that it would weaken the part or whatever. And one way to uh, strengthen the material is maybe heat the part after you build it to make it more homogenous. And, but that might, when you do it, that might make the part warp. Well, they've come up with a way of using nano... Uh, nanoparticles, carbon nanotubes that would be put on each layer, sprinkled on each layer as it was formed, and then electronically heated that it would fuse the layers together better and without warping, and so that uh, you can get a part that's more uh, homogenous and uh, has material properties that are more uniform. So, not very exciting to the average person, but for Manufacturing that could be a, a way to have low production volumes of quality parts. Mm-hmm. All right. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, th- but then getting into like uh, 3D printing again. This is kind of a an odd uh, application, but it, it shows the capability of this French company. Okay, and it's called Micro. Make sure I get it right. Microlight 3D. They've come up and uh, with a printing process using uh, lasers and special polymers that they could 3D print objects that are millimeter size. And to show what they could do, they for the presidential inauguration they printed a. Statue of Liberty that was less than two millimeters high on a penny, just to show their capability of what they could do. And they've also uh, done things like printing a 3D pyramid of champagne flutes for New Year's and a, oh, a super small, maybe, you know, 50 microns wide model of the Millennium Falcon. Hmm. And basically, that that's just, uh, you might say, a publicity stunts to show what they could do for maybe in the electronics and small parts industry to uh, show the industry what their capabilities are. Right. That would make, uh, you know, you could use it for materials as well as uh, other bits of manufacturing, maybe for... Uh, Oh, micro medicine applications. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, I, I want to. Have you seen any uh, updates on the uh, the Mars helicopter uh, by any chance? No, that's going to be in a, a few weeks oh, before okay. they decide to deploy that. So that's uh, 
keeping us waiting on that. But uh, I think they want to get the health of the rover going, and then they can decide where they're going to send this thing. Okay. But yeah. there's also been some images from all the spacecraft orbiting Mars that show the lander inside the crater. Hmm. All right. Yep. And there's, there was also one image from the Mars uh, Research Orbiter that showed the the Perseverance rover coming down on its parachute. You oh. can find that on the Internet. Oh, pretty cool. Yep. Okay, uh, anything else you have for us? One one more item, kind All of right. a postscript. Okay. Now, your uh, the Learjet, you know, the iconic uh, jet uh, business jet, or the, the early iconic business jet. I don't think it's iconic anymore now that you have Gulfstream and Challenger. But uh, the Learjet is ending production. Bombardier, the company that owns Learjet now, is ending production on the latest versions of the Learjet. They're, they're bigger and a little longer and more luxurious. So that's it's kind of the end of an era. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, the first Learjets were kind of just like hot rods. You know, you had a, a private jet. Wow, you can buy one of these. It was more like a prestige thing. Right. And uh, it was more like a limo in the sky. And uh, Bill Lear, one of, one of the critics way back when, when he came up with this thing, said there's, uh, he said, there's, no, there's no bathroom on a Learjet. And Bill Lear, Bill Lear said, well, there's no bathroom in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> right. The only thing is, you're not at uh, 30,000 feet. <laughs> you can yes. just pull over. Yeah, there's no gas station to pull over. Right, to, but... right. And then uh, some of the, then what, what they did in the, in the early Learjets, they, you know, because there was no bathroom, the, some of the later ones that were a little longer that you didn't have to stay up, you could stay up longer, they did have what was, it was kind of an odd situation. It was like a porta potty And it really wasn't a room where you could go in. You had like a... You, you would go into this thing and you'd pull like a shower curtain around you if you wanted to use it. So that no. that could have been an odd experience in the air. Yes, <laughs> the height of luxury. <laughs> yes, whereas like uh, a Gulfstream or a Challenger or some of you know, the other ones now, they're larger airplanes. They're more mm. like uh, living rooms in the sky. Right. And uh, lounges in the sky, yes. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, that uh, brings to mind, apparently, uh, I have to look up what song, there was a bird song that made uh, a reference to uh, Come Ride the Learjet, and then Paul Kantner heard it and somehow thought it was Come Ride the Music, and he used it in wooden (laughs) ships, and I think that's an example of uh, too much pot, but uh, anyway. (laughs) Well, there, you know, then there was Carly Simon's... You're so vain, where she references a Learjet, and there's oh, other, there a go. couple other songs. Back cultural, there. cultural Learjet references. Yes. Okay, yeah. so is, is is that a wrap for today? It better be. It better. Be. I have nothing left in the tank. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> Glad we could get together. Glad we could get together. Let's do it again next Tuesday. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.